Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Hello listeners, welcome to the Sunday, March 7th broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan, that's me, and Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello, Ed, how are y'all? I'm doing fantastic on this Sunday night, day before Monday. So, and basically, because <laughs> I have to go to work tomorrow, so <laughs> that's why it's even better. But I got to serve jury duty, so who knows how long oh. that'll last. Yeah, it's in uh, criminal court, and... Uh, We'll see what happens. If anything, I'll be spending my day studying and reading up on things. So it will be productive anyways. So, um, yeah. How are you doing? I'm fine and dandy. It was a nice couple of sunny days there for a while, a little rainy today, but we got to get outside and get the bikes out. We're happy campers. Oh, cool, 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 cool. I even turned over some of the garden already, so I'm really you did. itching to go. Now, yeah, about a, about a quarter of it already. Who would think that maybe, what are we, about 40 miles apart from each other, if that much? Um, we still got snow on the ground here, so, in some areas. So, in my backyard yet. So, what a difference. Well, on the front of our hill, you know, it faces south, and it gets all that south sun. So, the hill yeah. is the first thing to melt, and the garden faces that, and, oh. I was out there chomping and flipping, and the boys were shoveling and throwing. It was great. You're on a little commune. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Come 2012, we'll be standing strong. (laughs) Speaking of that, we are going to have a conspiracy um, individual on as a regular guest in the near future, I believe, right? Yeah, he's very hopeful, though. (laughs) Okay. Yes, he's, yeah, he will, he'll be coming on to talk to us. He's got a new website he's launching. He's very popular right now in the online scene. And uh, I've known him for my whole life, and he's a wonderful man. And he's going to – he really wants to uh, – instead of just throwing out the, you know, the yuck of uh-huh. conspiracy theory, he likes to offer a little hope once in a while. So hopefully okay. we'll get that and make a, a positive from a negative. Well, here's a question I'll have for him. Um, you know, pretty much if, and I came about this as um, once in a while I got to do drug trust tests for the place I worked during the day, okay? Drug tests, yeah. And uh, 
when you do those tests, urine samples have to be sent out. Yeah. But my question to him is the federal government, in its own way, creating DNA banks with all this type of stuff. Hmm. Wow, that is huge. <laughs> Why did you have to make me think of that tonight? Damn it. <laughs> See, I love all this stuff, finding out and learning and knowing more. But That's, I'll tell you that, what, I in mean, the first it, stages, it really drives me crazy. <laughs> but if they're not, they're dumb for not doing it because there's access right there because for truck drivers and such people, the stuff has to be um, tested by DOT, which is under federal guidance, you know, some. So. Yeah. There's a question. Yeah, there's a question. Um, Annette, tell the listeners yeah. who our guests will be on in a couple minutes. We'll be bringing her on and uh, let the listeners okay. know who she is. Our guest tonight is Deirdre Marie Capone. Now, I'm sure all of us have heard the name Capone since most of us live, well, at least Ed and I live in the vicinity of Chicago. Um, Deirdre is uh, the grand niece of Al Capone. And she actually considered him to be her uncle. There was some blurring of generation gaps in, within her family there. So she's going to come on and tell us all about the real Al Capone as she knew him from a niece's standpoint. Yeah, and she's the author of the book, Uncle Al Capone. Um, in a minute or two, we'll be to her. But my question to you is um, also a question. Your highway of death. Oh, which is yes. basically started as the tree of death. He has we thought it was another, localized to a tree, yeah. He has claimed another two individuals basically in the same area. Yeah, in the same the little, just across the street, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was very sad. Just a couple of weeks ago, my husband, I was sleeping in bed about 11.30, 11.45, and the dog started barking, and I, I could hear men's voices outside the yeah. window now. Yeah. We're way up high above the highway, but I got up and I said to my husband, you know, what what are you listening to in the stereo or what do you got going on down here? Nothing, nothing. Turned off the Olympics. What's going on? And I look out the front window and I could see the flashing lights. And mm -hmm. let's just say everybody was moving too slowly to have it be a good outcome. Yeah. And the, the, the car or the truck, Jeep, I guess, it was kind of a Jeep vehicle, was lodged into the woods, sideways, and uh -huh. it, yeah, he he stayed up and watched the whole scene as, as it unraveled and what they did, and they had to lift the top of the car off, you know, with the, with the jaws of life and pry it open, and, and I, I, I think two people were taken away that, like I say, it wasn't a big hurry, so yeah. unfortunately, we haven't seen anything in the papers as of yeah. yet, I don't know whether we just are missing it or... It's not being reported. I don't know. But, yeah, sadly enough, two more. Well, I got a uh, mission if you're willing to accept it. <laughs> oh, what's that now? Uh, go down there one night with the camera. Okay. And start taking pictures and see what you get. If you're willing to do I it. Could, I could do it. The weather yeah. is better. <laughs> I could stand down there. We had a nice response with uh, when we had the group out to your place before and we took pictures and all that it, of the tree of death. So, um, yeah, we had a nice little collection of uh, photographs from that. So, uh, yeah, you know, the time before this one, Greg wanted mm -hmm. to go down and take some pictures, and the the police shoot him away. 
no, no, well, no. This you can't be photographed. Yeah, right. Well, it would be it would be kind of cool though to get it right at that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you know what you do? And I used to do this because we lived right by 294 at one time. Um, then what you do is call the insurance companies of both parties um, and tell them the picture. Yeah, but how do you but, know? I, yeah. yeah, I know. I used to do that. You know, I was in my 20s and ran up the hill and took <laughs> pictures of the accidents. And then I called the insurance company. So people who are in need of making some money, carry your camera with you. So, okay. <laughs> All right, let's get to our guest. Um, Deirdre? See, I believe that, yes. Hello, Deidre, are you there? I'm here. Hello, can you Welcome. hear me? Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Um, okay, you're the author of the book, Uncle Al Capone, and by what I read and everything, you're the grandniece Correct. to Mr. Al Capone. Okay. Um, give us some history of how that all falls into place. Uh, what do you mean by history? Um, okay. Who is related to who that makes you who you are? I, I think we're looking for the family, tea, uh, family tree there, Deirdre. <laughs> All right. Um, my great-grandmother and my great-grandfather, Teresa and Gabriel Capone, who were born in Italy, they were the parents of ten children, the second of which was my grandfather, Ralph Vincenzo Capone. And he was, um, let me see, there's Vincenzo, there was um, Raphael, there was um, Frank, and then there was Al. So he was um, two brothers older than Al. Okay. So that's, that's what you want to know, right? Right, okay. right. And then you are the granddaughter of Ralph, correct? Correct. Okay. So Al Capone is your great uncle. Yeah, but as you will read when um, the book comes out in the fall, the generations are blurred for me because after Al came to Chicago and then his father died, and he sent for my grandfather to come to Chicago. My grandfather's wife would not come. There's a, a lot of story to that. So my grandfather went back to New York and took my father, brought him back to Chicago, where Al's mother raised him as her youngest son. So oh. my father grew up calling Al Al, calling his own father Ralph. So, you know, it, it's like that generation wasn't there for me. It, it, it was, I mean, most people think, all right, he's your great uncle. How many people really know their great uncle? But to me, it was more, he was my uncle. Okay. okay. Well, right to give you, I knew my great uncle, so um, I knew him for a few I actually worked for him, so it is, you know, highly possible that you could. And it's, you know, it's an Italian. It's an Italian family. It was an immigrant yeah, family yeah. from Italy, yeah. and we were very, very close. I mean, I mean, that's oh, just, yeah. that's just Italians. 
Oh yeah, they, a, a, a lot of them, like the Irish, um, huh? and that they came over, lived under the same roof as a family, so um, together. We all lived under the same roof. I mean, I grew up at that, you know, uh, Prairie Avenue house. My father and mother lived there when I was born. Okay, you all right? Um, that's at seventy-two forty-four South Prairie Avenue in Chicago. That's uh, was one of his principal residences. Uh, was that when he was younger, or is that when he was out on his own, or? When the family came to Chicago after Gabriel died, um, they bought the house on Prairie Avenue for the family. But um, Al and May and Sonny lived upstairs. My grandfather had his own place. He he never lived in the Prairie Avenue house. But um, everybody else lived up, you know, in that two flat. Okay. Okay. Um, you know if the residence is still there, the building itself? Oh, my goodness, yes. Okay. And it was for sale. I, I would have loved to buy it, but the current owner of it is, to me, asking way too much. Mm. All right. I'm in, uh, I get out in that area a lot. I'm going to definitely take a ride by it. Um, it be interesting to see. Um Way, way too yeah. expensive, you know. Is, so, okay. Deirdre, you know, the, the big, big question to me is, was there, and correct me in my terminology if I say it improperly, was there mafia activity in the home or around the home or surrounding its residents at the time that you lived there? At the time that I lived there, no. I mean, there was no, uh, the whole outfit business was up north. There was nothing really in that area. But okay. when Al came, there were bodyguards all around the house. I mean, I would have to go by and see these guys in cars and people standing there to let me in with guns on their shoulders. Wow. That was after how, old, how old a kid were you at this time, would you say? Well, that was after he was out of Alcatraz now. Remember that? Oh, I, mean, okay. I, was, I was born in 40, and he okay. died in 47. Okay. So that was after after the fact. Um, after the fact. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So basically then he wasn't known as the man in power, was he? When he, he got... was still in power. I mean, you know, he would be there. He would be a big kid for me. He'd get down on the floor. He'd teach me to play jacks, and he was a big teddy bear. But if somebody from the outfit would come over, he would sit in a chair, and he would immediately transform himself. He would get that stare, and he mm-hmm. would just, he, he'd be a different person. But once okay. once they left, then it was different. I just, you know, I want to tell you guys, um, so many people say, all right, he died when you were seven years old. How in the world can you, you know, remember these things? The difference is in 1950, there was an incident that happened in my family where my grandfather had to go to Washington, D.C. to testify 
in the Kefauver, you know, investigation. Estes Kefauver was running for president, and he wanted to investigate the mob again. So everything was going on. They called my grandfather. He was the very first witness. We had all gotten TVs. TVs were in our kitchens. We're watching this investigation on television. Everybody's taking the Fifth Amendment. My father couldn't cope with that. He killed himself. Hmm. When he killed himself, I started to ask my family, you've got to tell me why my father was taken away from me. Mm -hmm. They told me everything. They told me about St. Valentine's Day. They told me about everything that happened, but they made me promise that I would not write this book until all the original family members had died. Mm-hmm. I promise. Okay. So, there's two ways I could go with this. I don't, you know, and out of total respect with, for you, it sounds like yeah, you realize there was um, the side to him that got written up in the papers and what he's oh. known for. I mean, and, how, would uh, it, how would it be to grow up? Nobody was allowed to play with you. Nobody could do anything with you. You'd pick up the paper and you'd see these horrible lies that were written about you. I mean, so I grew up in a shame-based atmosphere. I was very afraid. Still, what, still hard. What? Yeah. What? Um. Well, what do you feel that writing a book will achieve for you? I want to tell people about a family called Capone. I want to tell people the bravery of my great grandmother and my great grandfather leaving. Italy coming over here with nothing because mm-hmm. of the Camorra and all that stuff that was going on in Italy. All of them living in a one-room house with a, you know, hot belly stove heating the place. Them growing up, trying. I mean, it was. They were gutty, hoodie kids, and they got a chance to. Make money, and that's all that it was. They were supplying something <clears throat> that people wanted. And all right, you guys are which is what alcohol? Alcohol. That's, okay. I mean, alcohol prostitution. When drugs came on the scene, my family got out of it. They wanted nothing to do with drugs. So it sounds a little like it was okay. If people remember The Godfather 2, okay, kind of in that movie, it kind of worked that way where um, the Godfather himself, when he was young, played by De Niro, um, they, all the brothers and that grew up in a little family, in a one, basically one room, two room apartment building. And, uh, and De Niro would basically, you know, he became into power somewhat, um, dealing in I guess then just collecting protection money and stuff like that. Um, so that is basically the scene of the Italian immigrant, I guess you could say, as far as when they came here, 
they had to do what they had to do. Some worked in stores, some had their own little stores, shops, whatever, um, and others took a different avenue, I guess, um, now, to survive. Isn't, but survival is fine, but isn't the outfit mentality a carryover from the old country? Wasn't the wasn't that organized crime already organized in Italy? That's how I remember reading about it in history books. Annette, you're you're correct. Okay. I mean that that element has been around in every country since way back. Absolutely. And sure. so when you have so to survive, you call on what you know. Exactly. But. I mean, Al Capone lived. I mean, he went to prison, but he did not die. I mean, he he was shot at. He was threatened. They tried to poison him. They tried to stab him, but he survived. Okay. Okay. All right. It it, it, it sounds... Go ahead. He had a brother named Frank. He didn't, and there's a story behind that. Can you mention the story? Is that better for the book? No. <laughs> Read the book. Okay, okay. When is the book going to be coming out, by the way? It'll be com- it'll, it will be available for people in the fall. We're in final right. reads right now, and it will be published over the summer, and it will be available in the fall. Okay. When... Um Okay, the other family members, what else did they do besides, you know, in the business Al was in? Was there any... You mean his immediate... Was there other non... You know, people that had maybe stores, restaurants of the family, family members of the Capone family? Yeah, typical american stylish, yeah, professions. Um, My father was earmarked to be the equivalent of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Okay. He went to St. John's Prep School. He was a star student, went to Notre Dame, went to Roosevelt, went to Loyola uh, Law School, graduated with high honors. He was a lawyer. He passed the bar. Chicago Bar Association with Madison City. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, well, for the people that don't know, um, Kennedy Sr., the father, was actually a... Uh, um, a real- yeah, ran, ran uh, liquor during the proba- probation, prohibition himself. So, it was rough. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. That's what was going on back then. I mean, the United States government, in their great wisdom, you know, tried to tell the citizens of the United States that they should not drink alcohol. They wanted it. Yeah. The best thing that happened to the Capone family, though, honestly, right? Of course it was. Okay. (laughs) Was it here with these kids? I mean, growing up in a one-room, you know, place, you know, all these kids, they found a, 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 a way to make money, of course. Of course it was a great thing. Not for me, but, 
it it was a great thing for them. Okay. But you won it today. How could I say it? Um, you won it today. Condone it, would you? Condone what? The activity? Condone the criminal the activity. activity. Yeah, yeah, criminal activity. I mean, if you had a son and he said, Ma'am, this is what I'm going to do, or you found out that what he was doing. We're in a terrible situation. We're very poor. Yeah. We're all living huddled in a small place, and I'm going to go and break the law. Because today's a different day than it was back in the 20s and 30s and stuff like that. Would you – how would you accept it today? Especially knowing how that person's children were going to feel about it. Look how you felt as a child. Yeah, no, my situation was entirely different than that. Um, okay. I I know my grandmother, and I know what was going on with her, and she would sit and talk with me. I mean, and that's part of the book. But, okay. uh, I mean, she didn't condone it, but okay. it was a way, I mean, all... Her younger siblings, I mean, she had food. She had a house. She had, I mean, people that, you know, could take care of her and stuff. I mean, after her father died. So, I mean, you've got to look at it through her eyes, too. She didn't mm-hmm. get, but I mean, she was able to build St. Columbanus. She was oh, able to build what, Deirdre? What is that? St. Columbanus Church. Okay. She Oh, she built a church? She built St. Columbanus Church at 71st and Prairie, yep. Oh, okay. Go there today and they'll tell you all about it. Huh. Okay. You said there are secrets in your book, okay? Uh, what kind of uh, secrets, or can you, does hint, to what they are? As I said, I know the real story behind the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Okay. So uh, uh, most of the population knows it as two rival gangs going at each other with machine guns. Is that kind of a, that's typical thought process, right, of most people that think they know history about Capone. Is, is, do we have to read the book, or can you give us a little glimpse into what might be different from that scenario? Read the book. No, I, I don't oh, want to okay. Talk. No. okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, some people call it an execution, but um, well, Capone doesn't take. Capone wasn't Ed, even in. Capone Ed, wasn't even in. Ed, what right. did you just? No, some people call it an execution, but. It's that the record holds that Capone wasn't even in the vicinity. Matter of fact, he was in Florida, I believe, when it happened. In Florida. So, um, yeah. He was and being, it, he was being and that's why by the IRS. Yeah. And that's time. why they... Okay. Well, there's right. a conspiracy right there, it sounds like, to me. <laughs> oh, about, Yeah. Being uh, under the thumb of the government when it goes down. Well, well. 
I don't yeah. know nothing. <laughs> Just report what I see in here. <laughs> what would you like to tell the, the listeners, Deidre? What would you like to say? It's open forum for you, okay? And uh, I just threw out some questions that I, you know, when people heard you were going to be the guest, that they asked me. And uh, right. ask me questions. Now, me? Ed, I remember that you were doing some tours, some paranormal tours, in some places that were perhaps used by Al Capone or his people at the time of his reign or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. You've given to, okay. Is it the stag yeah. head? Is that, okay. Yeah. It's, it's said to have been owned by Al Capone. There's different stories, yay or nay, uh, about it. I don't go into any really of the history of that because of what and I he do. Used that, he used that property for what, prostitution? Is that, uh, I remember as that a gambling hall and a uh, brothel. Okay. Okay. And, um, okay. Is there a time when you've been there and you've had some kind of a sense or something of Al Capone himself, or is it more just the things that no, happened to the generalized people that were there? More of the things that happened to the generalized, you know, to the general people. And yeah. I can't even base it on, you know... I can't base it on the fact that it would have been because the place has been built since, you know, since the 1920s. It could have happened in any time frame, okay, from 1920 okay. to 1960, let's put it that way, uh, because the city has been known to be a little corrupt. But the um, the thing about it is I don't pinpoint it to be, you know, um, you know, when I'm picking up to be an involvement of with Capone, I pick up basically just what happened, okay? Right, and, the people that were there, yeah. But I'm sure, Deidre, there's, you know, if you own a dollar for, or let's put it, $100 for every place that was uh, said to be occupied or visited by Capone, et cetera, you have a nice little nest egg, wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. It's like... Yeah. Where he was here. Yeah. It seems, Deirdre, that lots of people want to help make up stories for their own gain revolving Al's name. Do you find that to be true? Absolutely. And it's so difficult for me. Um, I mean, I tell a story in my book about I didn't even tell my children, who they were. I was afraid. It was very difficult for me to grow up for so many different reasons. And um, my husband and I had a chance to move to Minnesota. And I left Chicago, moved to Minnesota, and my wings grew. I, I have done unbelievable things and I have accomplished unbelievable things um, but one day um, one of my children came home from school and I said what we you, you know every day I'd ask what happened at school today oh we were studying about this gangster what gangster Al Capone and my heart just dropped and I said well, what about him oh he you know, he was this, he was this. 
and I knew that I needed to tell our children their heritage, and I was scared to death. And so that night, we were in the kitchen. I was with my husband, told four children. I thought they were going to hate me because of my perceptions, and that four of them looked at me and went, cool. So I knew that I was in a new time and time and place. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um. How are you? How is it accepted today? Because it, you know you're you're not hiding the fact today, and um, you will be having a book out. How is it accepted today? And I still hide, but I'm doing this for my children. I'm doing this. I have four children who are credit to society, who are, I mean, they're amazing. I have my 14th grandchild on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to know that the genes that they carry in their body are good ones. That's why I'm doing it. All right, so, hmm. Mm-hmm. Those children are very lucky that they're not stuck in a one-room apartment with nine siblings. Uh, you know, exactly. that really helps a lot. Exactly. They don't now, have to know what desperation is. Now, our, our, go, mean, ahead. go ahead. We've all had our desperations. We've all had our challenges. And one thing that I want to show people is true Capone grit, because I've got it. Okay. You're not, are you, all right. Are you going to, besides looking at the positive, is the book going to be looking at the negative? I cannot gloss over what my grandfather did. I can't gloss over what Al did. Yeah. I can't gloss over you know, any of that kind of stuff. But what I want to do is I want to give the other side, I want to I want to show people, especially through a female's eyes, and that you've got to realize this. This is there's never been a mob book, you know, written before from a female point of view. So sure. I'm gonna give that point of view, I'm gonna give a mother's point of view, I'm going to give a grandmother's point of view and I'm going to give a family's point of view. That's never been done before. The historian... Well, you were a child, too, at the time of all this. But see, I had my grandfather, who I had until I was 45 years old. He told me all kinds of things, and he was Al's partner. They worked together. That's Ralph. Okay. Ralph, yeah. Okay. And he, he sat me down... He felt guilty when my dad died, and so he he shared all kinds of information with me. He told me things that he probably had never told anybody else. And my Aunt Maffey, I mean, my God, I was on her knee all the time. And, you know, my Uncle Maddie, I mean, all of them, they took me and they just, they educated me. 
Do you have a web page that people can contact you at? To UncleAlCapone.com. That's the okay. website. Um, okay. If they want to email me and ask me any questions, I've got a Facebook page, and that's Deirdre Marie Capone, and Ed, that's how you got in, in touch with mm-hmm. me today. Um, my email address is Capone at Comcast.net. People, you also you also have uh, on your Facebook. This is for um, this is of interest. I found very interesting. Um, you also put recipes up there, cooking stuff. I'm peppering my book with recipes. An Italian immigrant immigrant <laughs> family. Everything revolved around food. I mean, yeah, I, I, manja, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got you know my chicken soup recipe that was made with chicken feet. I mean, you know, it's just, that's how old. It's the food that Al Capone cooked and ate. Okay. Yeah, because uh, even on your Facebook, you got some recipes on, uh, I don't know if it was making bread or something, but uh, I was reading a couple of them. Yeah, <laughs> Bread salad on Monday morning. I mean, my grandmother used to make something on Monday morning called pizza. And she would take everything from her Sunday dinners, she'd roll out some bread, she'd put it on a big jelly roll, you know, pan, she'd put everything that was left over from Sunday dinner, cover it with cheese, and bake it, and she would call that pizza, because it meant leftovers. And mm-hmm. it was delicious. Well, when pizza first started to come out in the 50s in Chicago, when we would go to a pizza place, I thought, this is not pizza. <laughs> this is not pizza. So I'm going to give the real pizza recipes. I'm going to give the Al Capone's mother's, um, we call it gravy, but the pasta sauce recipe. Somebody got in touch with me at Facebook and said that, oh, somebody's marketing you know, Al Capone's pasta sauce recipe that they found in, you know, um, some hotel wall or something. Give me a break. No recipes were written down then. They were shown to you. Nobody wrote anything down. I've got them. I had a, I had a friend who um, was Sicilian. His mother was from the old country. And uh, matter of fact, they grew up right around Taylor Street. Um, he, uh, he made spaghetti I sat down and it's like a whole different taste it was Sicilian you know pasta then what then what I was accustomed to I'm accustomed to the red sauce and everything else you know uh and this was this was like a uh brown sauce or something like that it's like you know so you guys do have a different Italians do all the Italians do have a different way of uh making everything was macaroni Okay. Okay. It wasn't pasta; it was macaroni. <laughs> so uh, the, the noodles were at least twenty inches long. Wow. Um, if 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 you could take if anybody could walk away with anything from your book, what thought would you want them to walk away with? 
survivors. Okay. Okay. After Al passed away, and I guess you could say the um, that whole way of income for the family, and that wasn't there. Was other people already? Was other family members already in? place as far as having income where they didn't have to rely on you know um, Al's form of income and stuff like that I don't understand that question okay all right what I'm saying is you said they were survivors it sounds like Al Capone's income money helped the family like you said um, his mother everybody else once Al survived because of Al's yeah yeah. Work. Right. Once he passed away, now you're saying you're you guys were all survivors, or the Capones were survivors in that. Other family members had other way businesses, stuff like that. That's all I'm asking. You know, um, like legitimate businesses as opposed to organized crime. Yeah. yeah. And that's you know because uh, you know because when people think of that, had the best. Social Security network in the world. Once you were part of them, you didn't have to worry. Okay. Okay. Deidre, we got like um, 20 minutes left. I would like to, and we got, Annette and I got to talk about other things coming up. I'd like to thank you for being on the show. Um, When the book is ready to be published or come out, let me yep. know, and we'll 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 give it a sh- a shout on the radio show on that, and uh, you know probably um, highlight your your interview on that again um, for people to listen to it at the time that the show comes out because this will always be in the archives of the radio you know radio um, website. So um, I'd like to thank you for coming in. And Ed, can I just go, say one thing to you? Go ahead. Go ahead. I know that you are into paranormal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Al Capone was very psychic. I'm very psychic. Okay. You ever wonder why he was not killed? Why he was not murdered? He was one of the very few that were involved in that type of business. Think about it. He knew when it was coming. Is that what we're saying? Absolutely. Huh. That's a great is, gift. Good in that that business. <laughs> is there anything? Um, do you have anything in the book about that? By any chance? Yes, I do. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. 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 And yeah. we're theory thinking. Have you taken your abilities anywhere? Yep. Or okay. Yep. Okay. Have okay. Have you been? I'll just go this route. The worst you could tell me is no. Have you been able to tap into Al Capone's spirit? No, I have not, and I probably am afraid. I've tapped into my dad. Mm-hmm. Tapped into my aunt Matthew. I've tapped into my grandfather. But I haven't now. I've tapped into my great grandmother. 
but I okay, have. Okay, well, All right, you open the door. Why would you be afraid? I don't know. Okay. Right. I don't. Because in life, you are not fearful of Al, right? I'm never fearful of him. No, absolutely okay. not. Okay, 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 okay. Never, never, never. It's coming, and I know it's coming. Um, that's all I can say right now. Okay. Um, one final question. Was he in bad, as bad of a condition when he passed no. away? As, no? No, no, no. You will find out they committed a chemical lobotomy on him in Alcatraz. Hmm. A chemical lobotomy? Absolutely. And I've got the evidence. Okay. I've never it's heard of um, that. Oh, i got to figure out what that is. Think about it in that you know. What is a they killed part of the, They killed part of his brain. That's what she said. No, I realize what a lobotomy is, but chemical? I don't know. Is that like chemical, right? Is that what you're saying? They didn't like injected acids or, boy, I don't know, LSD type of stuff? They didn't want him to come back to power. Okay. I, so I was correct in what I said. They killed part of his brain while he was correct, there. Yeah. yeah. Why would they let him out? Oh, they made him, okay. They made him their condition when he came out. People would look at him as being not being able to go into power, um, right? You and basically, and basically, the government use the disease as an excuse for what they did. Um, for this way, another conspiracy type of scenario. Um, right. This way, the people yeah. around him or that looked up to him would not. There was stuff going on way yeah. back then. Yeah, and basically, um, I think I know the answer. Basically, the people that wanted to be in power were basically, you know, um, had the power over the ones in government to do this, right? Absolutely. Just like today, basically, or my view of it, I'm going to say, my view, let's get that straight, um, is the reason why people are going to... they even had it on the Sopranos, basically. The reason why people are going to jail now, mobsters, is for the change of guard. <laughs> right? Right. Kind of, yeah. So um, they don't somebody kill them. Somebody goes to jail they, so somebody else can take over? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. They don't kill them. Yeah. They uh, do a chain of change of guard. So, um, yeah. that's. Uh, they had that on Sopranos, if anybody's listening who wants to get, you know. Upset at that okay. but um, all right, Deidre, thank you very much. Uncle You're Al welcome. Capone is the name of the book, and um, we'll, uh, like I said, we'll give it an announcement. Let me know. You're on my Facebook thing. Let me know um, when it comes out. I'm sure you'll be letting people know, and we'll make an announcement about it. Okay? Is that fair enough? Yep. And the webpage is UncleAlCapone.com. Correct. Okay. All right. Thank you Ciao. very much. Go. You want somebody want to say something? No, I just said ciao. Okay. Thank oh, you. Ciao. <laughs> Thank you, Deirdre. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. Interesting, huh, Annette? Very interesting. I wish that the book was already out so we could get a little bit more story out of her, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure she's got some some cool tales to tell, but we'll have to be waiting for that book. <laughs> Speaking um, of things that are going to be coming out, uh, did you know mm-hmm. that our friend Tanya Kay is going to be on the all-popular award, Emmy Award-winning show House tomorrow night? Tomorrow night she's going to be on there. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah. she's co-starring yeah. as a character named Chloe. Uh, episode 6.14 called Private Lives. So that should be pretty exciting. I'm so excited to see her on TV all these times. <laughs> what time does it come out? It comes out at 8 o'clock for us. Oh, yeah, 9 Pacific Standard and okay. 8 Eastern Standard Time. Well, tomorrow night then I'll be switching between channels because WWE Pro Wrestling is also having Chris Angel on there. And it should be a real <laughs> interesting, yeah, yeah. interesting <laughs> Chris show. Angel, who's not a wrestler. <laughs> no, but is the top-performing magician. Um, see, they have guest hosts every week. And uh, yeah. not guest hosts, but guest uh, people that run the show. And uh, yeah. it should be interesting because, as I told Kathy, who I'm going to bring on because her hand is raised, uh, I'm going to bring her on. There she is. Like I told her, I said, now it's like one big circus from, I don't want to say, from the performers to the magician to even the little midget running around. Okay. So uh, <laughs> so uh, I just imagine what uh, Chris Angel could do with, I mean, he fits right in perfectly. It should be Oh, very he loves all that freak show kind of stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind freak. That means I get two hours apiece. <laughs> Oh, and it'll be quietly absorbing the freaks while you get your piece of quiet, huh? <laughs> I have a question to ask. I have a question to ask. How high Let's do you raise your hand on there to get somebody to answer your call? Oh, I'm sorry. No, you aren't. Oh, honey, what was the question? Oh, you don't want to know now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you do not want to know. But I have to say this, okay? I really do have to say this, all right? Okay. First of all, I love listening to you guys. I really, really do. It's hard being hosts to a show because you have to take a very neutral position so that you don't yes, we do. um, give your opinions. However, I'm not a host. Um, I want to say this much. People come from bad situations all the time, and no. they don't always choose. And trust me, I can attest to that, living in a two-room apartment with eight people. Okay, and lived in a car. If you want to really get right. down to it, one time. You really want yeah. to get down to it, living out of a car. And you know something? I didn't have to turn to crime to survive. A survivor does not necessitate crime. Period. And there is no excuse for it at all because there are ways to survive in this world and be a good person. Okay, and do the right things. I'm not saying he wasn't a good family man. I'm not saying, because see, when we look at our family, we look at them differently than the outside world does. It's an intimate view that we have of that person. We don't like to think badly of them at all, and that's the way we like to present them. It's hard to hear the bad things. I'm sure there are many people, many criminals in this country who've had brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers who saw a different side to that human being. But the one thing that I really wanted to say so much was that 
we've all come from difficult situations and have been able to overcome them and be better people because of it, not take advantage of someone else's strife to be able to become successful. And that is how I view crying, period. So I said my piece. I feel better. So there, there, And there is the more. other side of it. <laughs> no, there's no other side. It's, it's you know, either bad or good. Well, the other one thing that I was going to ask, too, when she was on, you know, when this book is revealed and it comes out and her stories are out in the open, depending upon what she's going to tell us, does that make her an accessory to crime by having kept it quiet all those years? Exactly. If there were cases that, you know, I don't know if that would, you know, if the things are, if cases are too old or whatever, I don't know what the statute of limitations is on that kind of thing, but she kept quiet about something that she knew, and if it's about crime, I thought, wow, do you really want to say this? Does that make you an accessory, you know? I don't know, but listening or to Or aiding and abetting or whatever they call yeah, it. Exactly. Murder, remember, murder has no time limit. I mean, it is forever. Huh? I mean, you can get someone 80 years from now. But the thing is, oh, okay. is that I... Out of all of the conversations and interviews I've hear, I've listened to you guys, that one in particular was the most difficult. It felt like you were having to draw out that information. And I, I, I personally, I, I mean, I, I respect the woman. I give her a lot of credit for stepping forward. I, I also respect the fact that she doesn't want anyone to think so badly of her family. One person doesn't make the whole family. No, Unfortunately, no, in today's society, we all know that one person can put a stigmatism against our own family, and we know that. It wasn't, I don't think it was just the one. It's kind of like kind of no, everybody I agree. was. It was a whole know, even when we, Even when Ed asked, well, what did the rest of the family do for non-criminal, you know, bringing money to the house? And she said, well, it was kind of a carte blanche. Once you were a Capone, you just were taken care of. Well... Well, yeah, and going right yeah, back yeah. to the oh, you got crime, you got money. Well, and you just, well I, I right. wanted to. That's how it sounded to me. Can I step in for a second? Oh, please. Um, you got the when gals. We, when yeah. We, yeah, when we bring the guests on, um, we've had we've had guests before that you know eh, we didn't always agree with their way of thinking, especially the demonologists. Okay, but um, uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm. but I you know me and Annette are in a position where we have to um, we're not here to, we're not here to give out merit awards as Drugs would say oh. in the morning okay the uh, thing is what was hard was on my part and I knew Annette and I know you Kathy knew it too was having a conversation and not offending the person that was the hard part you're a platform, and that's important, and I understand that. I and do. because I didn't want to offend the person, and the thing is, is, and the reason why I was digging for some more personal answers besides read the book was the simple fact, all we know is what we read, the outsiders. Okay? That's right. So, and Nothing so, has swayed my opinion, right. Yeah, so th- that's why I was... Okay, I don't want to defend her, you know, or offend her um, and stuff like that uh, because it's a family member. And but I want to get out what's in the book. But she also did say she didn't condone what he did. Okay. Right, but um, the way she probably portrayed herself was probably genius. It made the book 
um, an interesting part of the conversation, but yet she was so vague that it makes you draw. It gets you drawn in and want to know what she has to say about it. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I respect that. I do. I respect that. But the thing is, is I, I had to say that. You, I yeah. just don't condone someone saying that they had to survive because survivor survival does not mean you have to become a criminal. Sorry, but that's what it is. Crime. Period. Whether. This person well, did it or that person did it? As, doesn't matter. As Annette, as Annette said, okay, mm-hmm. they knew, or Capone knew, Al Capone, he knew what he can't, you know, well, how did you say it, Annette, what he was exposed to in his own country, okay, when he came here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, a partial, for some people, a way of life. Yeah, but it wasn't in the old country, and they brought the knowledge of that with them, and could extort it to the to a greater degree when necessary to survive. Okay, but you know, some of our ancestors who were yeah, some of our ancestors who were surviving were tanners or cobblers or tailors, bakers, whatever. My grandma came from Ireland. I mean, and but I mean, it doesn't. The bottom line is, is that. I just wanted people to understand just because you come from poor background or um, you had to dig up from the tr- trenches to become something doesn't necessarily mean you had to be a criminal. Right. Because it right. is what it is. And you ain't going to see, definitely you're not going to see ad condoning criminal acts or anything like that. Hell. Oh. <laughs> I'm the one who you has to. you got to with me in that. I, I'm the I, one who has to. And I'm, I'm all about I, peace and love over here, so. Right, exactly. <laughs> Life's hard enough. Why make it any more difficult, period? It's just, it's harder. It's hard every single day. And, yes, temptation is out there every single day. And it's easy to say, it's so much easier to take the, the easy route, road out. And I just don't understand it, and maybe that's the problem. I just don't understand it. But I know what it's like to live a hard, hard, hard life. And I know how easy it is today to say to someone, you can overcome that and be something to the society that your contribution is known and respected. I, don't, I wouldn't want to be respected that way, not by fear, not by, you know, that, that type of aggression. And I just, I just had to say that because I mm. have lived that life. Nowhere fear could be life. good at times. <laughs> That's hey. my point of view. <laughs> 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 okay. We got one minute left. I want to say, listeners, thank you, Dietra Marie Capone. Thank you very much for being on. Like I said, contact us when uh, the book is coming out. Our next uh, broadcast will be March 16th, if I'm correct, uh, not on Sunday night broadcast. Also, hauntedhistoriclocations.com. There's everything coming up from overnighters that uh at a at a very very haunted hotel called the Morris Mill Hotel in Missouri, we're labeling it under the full moon at the Morris Mill Hotel in Missouri because it will be on a full moon night in June. Um, we got things coming up. At, speaking of the Stag Head, at the Stag Head again, um, an all day ghost tour into the evening into uh, cemeteries and that coming up. Let's go to hauntedhistoriclocations.com. I'm booked for readings coming up until June. Um, there may be a date open in May. I'm not sure yet. 
Just go to edwardshanahan.com, me and Annette do readings together, or Annette does readings on, this, on her own, too. So uh, you can find out about the psychic readings over at edwardshanahan.com. Listeners, thank you very much. We've got 18 seconds. Annette, thank you. Kathy, thank you, thank you for calling in. And uh, Okay. And we will talk to everybody in a couple of weeks. And this is for everybody, and this goes with what Kathy had to say. Good night. Blessed be. Blessed be. There must be lights burning brighter somewhere. Got to be birds flying higher in the sky. More blue. If I can dream of a better land where all my brothers walk hand in hand, tell me why. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.